special live broadcast of the Prison Radio Show on CKUT 90.3 FM. I'm Virginia, and I'll be your host for today. Thank you so much to the hosts of The Goods for letting us take an hour of their time slot in order to do a special live broadcast about the Free Them All caravans, which are happening today in a few different places in Canada, to highlight the necessity of releasing everyone from jails, prisons, and migrant detention centers in the context of the COVID-19 pandemic. We first wanted to share an excerpt from the press release put out by Solidarity Across Borders, which is the group that's calling for the caravans. Their press release said, quote, Social distancing is impossible in prisons and detention centers, and those inside remain at high risk of contracting COVID-19. There are now over 260 confirmed cases of COVID-19 linked to Canadian carceral institutions around the country, where people are held on both criminal and migrant holds. There have also been confirmed cases in both Laval and Toronto's migrant detention centers. On April 16th, the Correctional Services of Canada confirmed that a prisoner at BC's Mission Institution Prison had died due to COVID-19, with over 50 other prisoners testing positive for the virus. From March 24th to April 1st, detainees at the Laval Migrant Prison held an eight-day hunger strike to demand their immediate liberation and decent, safe housing upon release. While many hunger strikers have since been released, 11 people remain in detention. So that's a quote from the press release from Solidarity Across Borders, who have called for the Free Them All caravans. If you're just tuning in, you can check out Twitter, and there's lots of people tweeting about the caravans. It's hashtag Free Them All Caravans. Um, just to give you some more updates about what's been happening in Canada around prison and COVID-19, there are some really sobering numbers that have driven people to participate and organize the caravans across the country today. 
There are currently 286 cases of COVID-19 linked to Canadian carceral sites. This data is according to Justin Pichet's blog. He's a prison abolitionist and academic who's based in Ottawa. Those numbers include 170 prisoners in federal prisons and six prisoners in the provincial system. The numbers also include prison staff and contractors at the prison. The rates of infection inside prisons in Canada are 13 times higher than they are on the outside. So it's very dangerous to be inside during this during this pandemic. Um, you can check out tpcp-canada.blogspot.com to keep up with Justin's numbers. Or you can follow him on Twitter. His Twitter handle is J-U-S-T-I-N-P-I-C-H-E-H. On April 16th, the first person incarcerated in a federal prison died from complications related to COVID-19. The person had been incarcerated in Mission Institution in so-called British Columbia. He died in the hospital. Mission, Incar Mission Institution is the site of one of the biggest COVID-19 outbreaks in the federal prison system, with the Federal Training Center's multi-level institution in Laval, Quebec, and Joliet Institution, the Federal Prison for Women in Joliet, Quebec, uh, as also major hotspots for the outbreak of COVID inside. There are also outbreaks at the Grand Valley Institute for Women in Ontario and at Port Cartier Institution in northern Quebec. The situation facing prisoners in provincial prisons is also dire. Provincial prisons tend to be crowded and there are way more people coming and going due to the cops' insistence to continue arresting people in the midst of a pandemic. The media has been reporting that any prisoner entering a provincial prison is forced into 24-hour lockdown for two weeks before entering the general population. For those who don't know, lockdown means... Um, spending 23 to 24 hours a day in your cell, and it seems to be one of the main ways that prison administrators are quote-unquote dealing with the pandemic. Up first, we wanted to share some audio from an event that happened on Wednesday this week, and then we're going to set up some live interviews for you all. So this interview, or this talk is from an event that happened on Facebook Live on Wednesday, April 15th. It was organized by the Anti-Carceral Group, which is based in Montreal. And the person speaking is Donnie. He's going to introduce himself, and he's going to talk about the situation in federal prisons and halfway houses. Okay, my name's Donald, and uh, I was an inmate in federal prison for almost 40 years, um, in my mid-60s. Uh, I just got out of prison on the 25th of March, and um, I'm at a residential uh, CRC in, in Montreal. And uh, I got lots of experience with prison, obviously. I don't have a lot of experience with the community, but I'm gain trying to gain that now. At the halfway house, they today CSC and they're mandated mandated that we wear masks in a common area. There's been twenty some guys living in this house for the last three three weeks without these masks, and now uh, they mandated them. And then they gave gave everybody a mask today, a washable one that doesn't fit most of the guys. That's typical. CSC management of of any crisis, they'll mismanage it. Okay, I can't I can't speak of what's happening right now in the institution because communication is is pretty sparse. But when I left, guys were stressed out about about this virus, and and there some some were not stressed out at all. But the ones that were there, there's a reason why they're stressed out. They're not. It's not the the worry about the virus itself, it's the medical care inside of, of prison. 
if 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 you get the virus out he- out here, you're going to get treatment. You're going to have you know if you have a fever, you're going to be able to take something for the fever. You you know if you got a cough, you can get cough medicine. You know if if you're sore throat, you, you can't swallow, you can get lozenges for your throat. In prison, those those guys don't get that. They they will not get that. They'll get what the government, what the United Nations is telling people not to get Tylenol. That's that's about the extent they'll work. If a guy gets in prison, he's going to be isolated. He's going to be locked in a cell. So, you know, that's some treatment program, and that's why in prison, it's it's a it's a bad bad place to get it because guys aren't going to want to go to healthcare and say they have it or get tested. The only re- the only reason they do it is peer peer pressure. When I left the institution, there had there was no cases of the virus in the institution, and the CSC was slowly trying to react to the reality, but they didn't get it. You know, the the guards that were coming in were not wearing masks. They weren't protecting the inmates. They, a matter of fact, they were going around without even gloves on. You know, they were still doing the doing this, the ordinary things, searching their cells and all that kind of stuff, not reacting to the virus. So they started to react by limiting the amount of people going to meals. So they would call, you know, 15, 20 guys to go. So they had spacing. So so just after they started that, uh, on a Monday, the following Monday morning, they had breakfast so the assistant warden and the correctional manager get on the their, the PA system in the institution and say for two rangers to come to a meeting room. And it's the same meeting room that, that all the groups recon use, AA, and it's, you know, 20 by 20 at best, if, if it's that big. So they put six, 50 to 60 guys in that room to have a meeting with them about the virus. And the first ones they called were the ones most, most accessible, most in danger. Older men with oxygen tanks and wheelchairs where, where their, you know, their health is marginal at best. And, and they put them in a room to talk to them where they're touching each other, elbow to elbow. That's how CSC manages the crisis. As for guys getting out, Corrections Canada has made no move on that, or very little. At the at the residential center I'm at right now, the guys who who are on five and two, meaning they come back for just two nights, they're letting them stay home. The other guys that were going out every day during the week and going home on the weekend, they cut that. They put them in the house here so it's crowded. And these guys were good. These guys would spend when when the when it wasn't the time of the virus. They would spend. They would come back at eleven o'clock at night and be gone at six in the morning, you know, and not here all day. Now they're everybody's here all day, so it's crowded. And today was the first day they they offered masks, you know, and they said they keep saying you know you can uh, social isolate yourself, but you can't when you're in a room with three beds like this room right here. It has three beds. There's two of them are occupied right now, and uh, but until until yesterday, all three were. So it's it's kind of close. You can't you can't social isolate. 
So that was Donnie speaking at the Anti-Carceral Group's Facebook Live event on Wednesday, April 15th. Uh, you might be able to hear in the background, we have people live on the phone. Uh, they're in Kingston, Ontario, and we're going to try and do an interview, and let's see how this works. Welcome, caller. You're on the Prison Radio Show. Do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm uh, a participant in from Kingston, um, participating in today's caravan action uh, in solidarity with prisoners and everyone in migrant detention uh, throughout Canada today. Um, yeah, we're here making a bunch of noise to let prisoners know that they're not alone and forgotten and that they need, that people outside want them to be released immediately. Can you tell us a bit more about why people called for a caravan today? Um, yeah, so the situation with the COVID-19 pandemic uh, is pretty dire in institutions of all kinds, as we've been seeing and hearing a lot about. But uh, in prisons and migrant detention centers, um, people don't have the means to keep themselves safe um, or keep distance between each other. There's a lot of overcrowding and guards uh, are transmitting or you know, are likely transmitting COVID-19 to prisoners. Um, and it's a pretty urgent situation and people are calling for um, the immediate release of prisoners so that they can, you know, avoid what might end up being a death sentence. Can you explain where you're calling from? Like, what prison are you guys out front of right now? Yeah, so we're currently in the driveway of uh, Collins Bay Institution in in Kingston, um, in front of Collins Bay Minimum, uh, where one prisoner had actually been interviewed about um, a bunch of people got a petition together to demand immediate release. Um, So we're we're in the driveway. Uh, We went around. You can hear some honking in the background, I'm sure. Uh, We went, honked and waved signs um, at around the minimum security institution where people might have been able to see and hear us and uh, made a bunch of noise. Now we're trying to leave and um, our lineup of cars, we have quite a few cars, between 10 and 15, I'm not sure of an exact number, but uh, are being stopped and spoken with by the police. Here we go. Is there a spokesperson for this group? No. Nobody? No. No? We're just here for, we've here, been here a short time. We have received no warning of trespassing. We're on our way out. Okay, I'm officially telling you, you're not trespassing. On well, we're road. trying to leave, actually. You're not actually going to leave. Okay. So right now the police are... Um, not letting us leave. They have blocked the driveway. Uh, so everyone is sitting tight for now. Okay. Are you going to stay on the phone? Would you like to go and tend to <laughs> the situation that you're in? Do you want to keep talking? <laughs> um, I am, you know, I'm not doing much else right now while right. the cops are <laughs> figuring out how to deal with a bad situation, I guess, for them. I don't really think it's a big deal. People came and made a bunch of noise, uh, but I'm, you know, it's up to you. I can stay on the line and you can check back in with me later. I can call back or you can um, keep chatting with me. Uh, let's keep chatting. Do you want to explain what a caravan is to people who haven't heard about it before? What What is a car caravan? Yeah, so we thought it would be really important to respect um, physical distancing practices and to take measures to uh, not participate in spreading the COVID-19 virus. Um, so people are have arrived in cars um, so that they wouldn't would be able to keep distance between each other and um, 
people made signs and brought noisemakers and kind of made a slow procession while making like a lot of noise and um, waving signs at, at people as we were driving and drove uh, to and around the prison together all in a convoy. Cool. Uh, my last question is, do you have any messages for people inside who might be listening? I know folks in Ontario on the inside won't be able to hear us. Our signal doesn't go that far, but we have some people who might be able to hear us uh, in Montreal who are incarcerated. And I'm wondering if you had any messages you would want to pass straight to those people who might be listening. For sure. Um, I guess just know that you're not alone and you're not forgotten. And uh, there's many of us who are in situations where it's become clear that, you know, the state or the world or the system doesn't really care about our lives. Um, and I think that's wrong. And I think people, I think you should be released immediately. And I hope that um, you can find a way out and just know that people on the outside are trying to make that happen for you as well. Okay. Thank you so much for these updates from Kingston's. Keep us posted on how things are going and we'll check in with you guys later on. Great. Bye. Thanks so much for talking to me. Yeah.
strapped me in the chair and covered up my eyes And the last voice I hear on earth is my mama's cry Welcome back to the Prison Radio Show. We're doing a special live broadcast to coincide with the Free Them All Caravans, which are happening in Kingston and Montreal today and happening also in Vancouver on the West Coast. Uh, we had a little bit more news that we wanted to share with you guys before we get another live phone call. Um, not surprisingly, resistance inside has been mounting in the face of the COVID-19 pandemic. The Perilous Chronicle is a project that has been documenting acts of resistance in prisons, and they've noted a serious uptick since the COVID-19 pandemic. There have been hunger strikes, riots, escape attempts, and acts of individual resistance mounting in the last few weeks. North of the colonial border, we've also seen an increase in prisoner resistance, all demanding release from prison in the face of the pandemic. Today's caravan are inspired by the hunger strikes that were started by detainees in the migrant prison in Laval, Quebec, which lasted eight days in late March. Last week, prisoners at Bordeaux Prison, a provincial prison on the island of Montreal, fought back against guards who were trying to force them back into their cells after being let into common space apparently by mistake. The prisoners were then thrown into solitary confinement. According to the Perilous Chronicle, there was also a hunger strike at the Ottawa Carleton Detention Center, and that happened in late March. And there was a protest at the Hamilton Wentworth Detention Center on April 10th, an escape attempt from a prison on Prince Edward Island on April 12th, and a food strike at the Ontario Correctional Institution in Brampton on April 16th. Uh, reminder, this is a special live broadcast. If you want to be following the Free Them All Caravans online, uh, you can go to hashtag Free Them All Caravan on Twitter, hashtag Free Them All, or hashtag Status for All. Uh, there should also be information on Facebook. You can check Solidarity Across Borders' Facebook. Um, the caravan in Montreal has gotten started, I believe. Uh, they're broadcasting live over Facebook. And we're going to share one more song, and then we're going to have another live interview for you.
We are back. We are live on the radio. This is the Prison Radio Show. We currently have someone on the radio live who's calling from the Laval Detention Center. Uh, I'm wondering, hi, welcome to the Prison Radio Show. I'm wondering if you could describe the situation in the Laval Detention Center right now. Yes, hi, my name is Yasser Michael Mizanoku. And uh, we're here right now at the Laval Detention Center and with a couple of inmates. Well, the situation here is kind of, they just had, like, the guard wearing masks today. And since, like, a couple of days ago, nobody was wearing masks. And uh, some uh, some guys came outside, like, they were supposed to support us, but they let us, they forced us to come inside. We're not allowed to go outside. And uh, uh, by hearing from, like, a couple of inmates this, they they told there was two uh, two guards that got infected, but they didn't report that to no one. They didn't give us no information. And every time you ask, they say you can't have any information. And like a couple of days ago, nobody was putting any mask. So right now it's just we're kind of sitting here and just hoping for the best because the situation is not kind of getting any better right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you were part of the hunger strikes that had happened in the detention center in late March. Can you talk a bit about why the hunger strike happened? Well, the hunger strike uh, happened because it was like some people don't know, know what, what to do and some of them were just like confused and they don't tell you the right information. They don't tell you anything. They just wake you up, you go to court. So uh, the hunger strikes are by not eating, and they will try to let the the detention here know that we cannot just sit here and not doing nothing. We need to know what's going on. We get panic, and it was so many people, and the rules was and the rules and regulation was not there yet. Like, and now they just have to give us the rules, the rules and regulation. You have to stay like uh, two arm away from uh, someone, and then the meal you have to stay not too close. And then like before, they was not following the rules, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's why the hunger strike started, and like some some inmates got released. Mm-hmm. But not everybody, obviously. No, not everybody. It's about like uh, nine of us right now here. Okay. Um, during the, have you been able to hear or see people outside of the migrant prison today? Yeah, we, today we kind of like, uh, we heard some noise and, uh, when the hunger strike started, we heard some noise too, but we couldn't go outside. They couldn't allow us to go outside. Right. So you're just listening from inside and you can hear the yeah. horns, but you can't see anything. Yeah. And we was outside uh, today, but they forced us to come back in here. Okay. Okay. Um, do you have any messages for people who might be listening in their cars? I know that some of the people at the caravan were hoping to tune in to this radio station and hear messages from people. So if you wanted to pass on a message to them, you could do that. Well, my, uh, my message will be just stay, uh, stay home and uh, try to wear masks and try to stay clean, clean your hand and stay like two arm away from each other. And this will keep that's the only message I can say right now because it's kind of like everyone is panicking. No one knows what to do right now. And the only message I can say is wash your hand and stay two arm away and see if we can uh, get 
get support from others, and we all just stick together in this uh, credible moment, you know. Okay. Uh, do you have anything else that you wanted to say? Did you did you have any other messages you wanted to pass on? Well, I have a couple of guys here with me, and uh, I want to see if you have anything else you want to for those of you who are listening, we're on the phone live with people in the Laval Migrant Prison, and we're talking to them in the context of a caravan, which is currently outside of the prison. Do you have other people who want to talk? Oh, no, because the most here is not, it's not speaking like well English, so, you know. Okay. We'll pass on, pass on our solidarity to them, and we'll be thinking about you all today. It's been very good to hear your voice. Hopefully you guys get out. All right, thank you. Thank you so much. That was someone from the Laval Migrant Prison calling to let us know what's happening in there. Uh, it sounds like people were unable to see the cars outside. Um, oh, I've also just been informed that there's also a caravan happening in Toronto. So there's caravans currently happening in Montreal, Vancouver, Toronto, and Kingston, Ontario. And uh, we're just going to be following all of them as much as we can. That was a live interview, and now we're going to hear from Annie, uh, who is a part of the Anti-Carceral Group and the Termite Collective, and she will be sharing a set of demands. This was pre-recorded from the event on Wednesday, April 15th, uh, which the Anti-Carceral Group did as a Facebook Live event, and Annie's going to be talking about some demands that the Termite Collective came up with, which are um, focused on federal prisons. So this is from a website called Demand Prisons Change, which the Termite Collective made a couple years back, and we've written five demands that we're asking to be circulated. So the first is immediate release for all vulnerable prisoners, which is anyone who is the most likely to die from COVID-19, which is the same for people on the inside as it is for people on the outside, people who are over 50, people who are immunocompromised, people who are pregnant, people who have a pre-existing condition. So we know, for example, diabetes makes you vulnerable to becoming really ill from COVID-19. So we're asking for immediate release and unconditional release of all those people. So the second thing is the release of all prisoners, starting with those in minimum security prisons and halfway houses. So as Donnie was sharing with us before, he's living in a halfway house, which are transitional homes for people who have been in prison, um, and they're designated by the state to live in these homes and they can progressively move towards having their own uh, like sovereign housing. Um, so the we're calling for the release of people from halfway houses if they have somewhere to go. So not we're closing all the halfway houses and now no one has a place to live. But we want people if they have family members or access to other housing where there would be less crowding. So not 20 people in a small home for people to have the right to go there and to go and stay with family that they would be visiting anyway under normal circumstance. The same thing for people in minimum security prisons, so people who are nearing and getting close to their parole date anyway, for them to just be granted parole and be permitted to take spots in halfway houses when people are able to go live with their families or given other forms of temporary housing. Yeah, that's not to say that people in other security levels also shouldn't be released or shouldn't have supports or steps towards release as well. But in considering these demands, what we're looking for is like, okay, so what are the what are the very first steps? Let's release people who are the most vulnerable health-wise. Let's release people who are as close as possible to living free lives anyway. 
The third one is to take immediate and sanitary preventative action to prevent, protect those who remain imprisoned. So as Mario was sharing with us, the prisons are not cleaned and they're not cleaned properly. And considering like the crowded living conditions and even the quantity of guards that are coming in and out of the prison every single day, all of those people are exposed to all of their families and homes and lives and grocery stores, et cetera. And so ensuring that the prisons are being cleaned properly and that people on the inside have access to cleaning supplies, which is a really big thing. So there's not a way for people to buy bleach or to buy Purell or cleaning products to clean the interiors of their cells. That's not an option or to own a thermometer so that they can check their temperature every day. So giving people access to these supplies to make it safer for them to live inside and also demanding that guards and people who are coming inside take the proper measures to protect and not bring in contamination. Um, the fourth one is no more punishment, prioritize continued access to community and family for those who remain imprisoned. And so this is a really important one. And in saying this, what we want to emphasize is that social distancing for measures that should be placed in prison should not equal increased isolation for prisoners. People should still have access to phone services. People should have increased access, in fact, to phone services, to video services. And of course, phones and video service products need to be cleaned and need to be wiped down, which I really suspect is not happening um, between usage. And if people are locked down in their cell, they're not able to access these anyway. Um, and so we're asking for there to be like fair and just access for people to connect with their communities and families on the outside. And also because this is particularly important because information about the virus is changing so quickly. For example, we now know that the World Health Organization has recommended that all people be masked when going out, right? And that information takes, information takes a long time to reach people who are in prison. People need to have access to contacts, thanks Donnie, <laughs> have access to contacts on the outside so that they can be up to speed with the way that information about the virus is changing. That's really important because it won't always come from the news. Not everyone has access to TV or radio in their cells and it's not going to come from guards. Finally, we're demanding medical service for all. And so that means that the medical services are expanded within the prison, that there's enough doctors and nurses there, that they're accessible 24 seven, that people who are sick or vulnerable are being treated in a way that's like fair and ethical and just. Um, we want people to be able to go to hospital without needing to be accompanied by a guard, to be able to be treated in a way that anyone would who gets medical treatment. Um, so these are the five demands that we wrote. You can find them on the Demand Prisons Change website. And if you're feeling inspired to do something, which would be great because many of us have extra like 15 minutes in our day now since we're all home and we don't have to take the metro or transport ourselves places to go to events like this, you can go to the website and you can scroll down. And then we made it super easy. Who should you contact? And there's a whole list of people. Um, I'm not gonna read them out, but they're on the screen. And so you can simply copy the email and a link of the demands and write to them, or you could write like a personal email. Um, I work 
at an emergency shelter. Um, and so I wrote to them from that perspective and I explained like, hey, look, I'm working with people who are vulnerable health-wise. You need to like, we're taking these preventative measures in this system. Why aren't you doing that for people who are in prison? And so like, feel free to take the letter and to adapt it and to, um, to get in touch with people and to help share the graphic around so that more people are at least considering and thinking about um, what it means to have people incarcerated during the time of a, of a pandemic. Okay, I think that's it for me. Thanks for listening. That was Annie from the Anticarceral Group and the Termite Collective sharing a set of demands that was written by the Termite Collective, which is a group of prisoners and people on the outside who are fighting the conditions people are facing inside and on parole. You're listening to a special live broadcast of the Prison Radio Show on CKUT 90.3 FM, 91.7 on cable and online at www.ckut.ca. The special broadcast is in honor of the Free Them All caravans, which are happening across the country. They are happening simultaneously right now in Montreal and in Kingston, Ontario. You might be able to hear some honking in the background. I have someone who is at the Montreal caravan on the phone with me. Caller, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. Uh, I'm Sam. I'm from the Termite Collective. I live in Montreal. And um, I am currently on the caravan. I'm driving around the series of prisons in Laval. And on the positive note, we just drove by B-16, which is a federal minimum institution. And uh, on the highway, there's the you can see the windows of some of the guys inside, and a bunch of people were waving and smiling, saying hello. So that oh, amazing. That's amazing. Um, Sam, I'm actually getting another call from inside, so I'm going to put that person on air, but I'm going to give you a call back in a few minutes, and we'll get a bigger update on how the Montreal Caravan is going, okay? Sounds good. Okay. Listeners, that was Sam. He is currently at the uh, special demo that is happening out in Laval. People are in their cars and they are driving around. And we're going to take another call from people in the Margaret Prison in Laval, I believe. Hello, caller, you're on the radio. Hi. Hi. Do you want to introduce yourself? Uh, My name is Yunus. I'm in Laval, detention center in Laval for uh, problems with immigration. Okay. Um, can Can you talk about the caravan? Have you been able to hear people? Uh, no, they didn't let us out. The guards, they just uh, took us inside when they, when they heard the caravan. Okay. Uh, do you want to talk a bit about how the situation is for you in Laval? We got some updates from someone on the phone earlier that the guards only started wearing masks in the last day or two. Yeah, in, uh, in yesterday, yesterday they started wearing masks. Okay. How are people yesterday feeling inside? And, uh, if you have any problem, there is one nurse. The doctor is actually very good, but there is one nurse. She just put you in, in isolation. For two days, they don't they don't respect like the fifteen days. Whatever she does, she doesn't take uh, like uh, uh, she doesn't see you or uh, she she doesn't know what you have. She puts you in isolation till the doctor comes the the, the second day and uh, take you out from uh, from there from there. Okay. Um, so there, there is one nurse. She's not doing her job properly at all. Okay. Good to know. Um, are there any other things that have changed about the situation in there since the hunger strikes ended? Uh, well, there is people. There is a lot of people gone, and what they say, uh, some guys they say you you here because you guys are criminal. They let not the criminal go, and you guys are criminal. That's why you stay in here, and it's not, that's not true. Okay. Do you do you know that the caravans happening outside today are calling for the release of everyone in the migrant prisons and everyone in the prison, the federal prisons and provincial prisons on that same block? Yeah, I heard about that. Okay, cool. What do you guys have any thoughts about that? Uh, like what? 
Uh, does it sound like a good idea to you? <laughs> yeah, it's a very good idea, actually. It's a very yeah. good idea. Yeah. How has it been feeling being in the prison during the COVID pandemic? Are people stressed out? How are people doing? Yeah, people are very stressed out, especially with the guards coming and, uh, and uh, going outside. And, uh, they don't treat us good. Like the guards, we always have to bring immigration to solve problems with them. Okay. Like immigration agents, they solve your, your problem, but the guards, they, they treat you like shit. Okay. Like, like we're animals or something. Mm-hmm. And the guards in that prison are private security, right? They're employed yeah. by Garda? It's Garda. Yeah, okay. Um, my last question is, if you had a message for the people who are out in their cars, there's the people out in their cars, they're tuning into the radio, they can hear you right now. Do you have anything that you want to say to them? Well, I want to thank them for whatever they're doing. And uh, that's it. Okay. Yeah. Thank you very much for everything. Yeah. Do you have anything you want to add? I want to thank uh, Mary Foster for uh, for her support. She's been supporting us like with uh, a lot of requests over here. She, she's doing a great job. Okay. Amazing. Thank you very much. Yeah. Well, it's been great to hear from you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> called the Barton Prisoner Solidarity Project. Um, right at the start of the coronavirus crisis, we established a phone line where p- for prisoners inside Barton, our local prison, to call to give us kind of updates about the measures that were being taken or not taken inside the jail. And um, as we to get the number inside, we wrote it on a very large banner and just went and hung around outside the jail with it and started getting phone calls like almost immediately. Um, and with the information that we were given, we'd use it to write up reports to kind of like publish sort of what prisoners were saying were their own priorities and their own criticisms and their own fears uh, and then also putting different ranges within the prison in contact with each other so that they could talk about the different conditions that were happening uh, counter misinformation from the guards and begin kind of developing demands and strategies for action if they wanted that uh, so last week on Tuesday we had uh, a car demonstration outside of the jail uh, in response to some repression that had occurred there on the Friday before um, we received a report that a group of prisoners had refused to lock down and then the guards had tried to come onto the range to try to force them to lock up and they'd refused to do so and it kind of escalated into a fight with them and the guards that resulted in some prisoners being beaten and pepper sprayed and uh, put in segregation. Uh, we later got some details of some of these injuries from the guards were like quite serious. 
and that there's up to seven people facing disciplinary charges over it. Uh, so it felt important to respond to this in some way because the threat of like an indefinite lockdown has been looming over a lot of these facilities. And uh, there have been a lot of lockdowns just in general and, and Barton especially due to kind of uh, guard job actions around their own shitty conditions. Um, so yeah, the car demo was a pretty big success. It got like maybe two or three dozen vehicles out, making tons of noise and taking up space around the jail. And then later that night, another crew of people, um, I guess, gathered and kind of set off fireworks at different points around the jail as well. So the weeks between these different actions, there was sort of a presence maintained at the jail, like over the course of the day. And we were able to hear from folks on the inside some really inspiring things, like that if people on the outside are going to fight for us, and we need to also fight for ourselves. And um, and yeah, and just hearing this sort of like determination that as like conditions continue to get worse, that they are more likely to stand up for themselves and continue pushing for everyone to be released and to be in solidarity with each other uh, if they know people on the outside are going to be there for them as well. So yeah, it's felt like pretty inspiring work so far. It's felt really good to build those relationships with people who are kind of like the jail is like right in the middle of our neighborhood, but is like cut off from us by just like walls and heavy windows and stuff like that and just produces this intense silence. So overcoming that silence, beginning to make those voices heard throughout the community and finding opportunities for supporting uh, their action and their needs and amplifying their demands uh, just feels like a really useful thing to be doing during this time. That was someone from the Barton Prisoner Solidarity Project based in Hamilton, Ontario. They had a caravan outside of Barton, as the person was saying last week, um, in response to an incident that happened in Barton. Um, we are going to play an ad for you, and then hopefully we'll get Sam back on the phone live from Laval. Celebrate Earth Day, April 22nd, with the soundscape of a Saturna Island, British Columbia wetland. Follow the 24-hour circadian rhythm as it unfolds in sync with your local time. The voices of the frogs, birds, insects, and their environment take over the airwaves for this experience in slow radio. The wetland broadcast is created by artists Brady Marks and Mark Timmings. Crack open a virtual window and connect your everyday activities to the wetland soundscape. April 22nd, all day, Earth Day. To learn more, visit wetlandproject.com. We are back on the phone with Sam from the Termite Collective, who is at the Laval Migrant Car- or Laval Caravan, the Free Them All Caravan. Uh, Sam, can you fill us in on where you are now? Yeah, we're actually still at day 16, uh, which is a minimum security institution. That's part of the Federal Training Center in Laval. There's two institutions, a medium and a minimum. Anyway, so we're driving on this road, or not driving, we're uh, inching forward on a road. There's probably about 10 or 15 cars, and uh, we're driving probably on the highway or some kind of road like 15 or 20 feet away from the houses where folks are locked up, and uh, there's people in almost every window waving. And, uh, yeah, this is the last stop on the caravan, I guess. There's a bunch of different institutions in Laval. And so we stopped at the Migrant Detention Center and also Leclerc, trying to uh, show folks that we're here and we're trying to mobilize to get everyone out. Cool. Uh, can you talk a bit about how many cars are there? What, what's the atmosphere been like? Oh, it's, it's really nice, really festive. I mean, uh, probably about 20 to 30 cars. Um, and folks have signs, and there's been a lot of honking. 
And uh, yeah, generally positive. I mean, the only real setback was we couldn't get to Leclerc because there are a bunch of police cars blocking the way. But I think otherwise, it's been pretty positive. Um, I haven't really been able to see the social media, but I think a lot of people have been taking videos and uh, pictures. So you can check it out for yourself. I think it's free the caravan. No. Free them uh, all caravan. <laughs> yep. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, can you talk a little bit about what you hope the impact of this caravan will be? Yeah, I mean, I think there, there's multi, there's different levels to this. Um, on the one hand, I hope folks inside can hear uh, the mobilization outside and hear hear the sounds and know that there are some folks outside trying to mobilize to get them out. Um, on a structural level, uh, hoping that this happening across so-called Canada is something that pushes folks who have power to start letting people out. Um, I'm sure different people who came to this have different uh, objectives, but I think those kind of capture two of the poles, for me at least. Mm -hmm. if, yeah. you, if you had a message that you wanted to pass to people inside, there might be some people listening to the radio right now. What would you want to say to them? That's a really good question. Uh, I just want to say, to whatever extent I can, I understand that it's a fucked up situation, and I really hope that we can mobilize folks outside to get them out. Great. Do you have anything you want to add, Sam? Uh, nope. I, I feel like you've been covering it for the last 45 minutes. Okay. Sounds good. Thank you so much for joining us. Good luck for the rest of your caravan. Yeah, take care. You too. So, uh, other than that, I mean, you know, what's going on? What do you say? Buenas tardes. And uh, we'll be back. Missed your favorite show? Not a problem. Go to www.ckut.ca and follow the link to CKUT's easy-to-use archives. Instructions are on the page. Two months' worth of archives are stored in mono, and half a month's worth in stereo. If you're having trouble, please email sys at ckut.ca. That's sys at ckut.ca. Oh, wow, that was all on. Okay, well, <laughs> we're having some technical difficulties. Um, I have a new person on the phone with me, and you're listening to the Prison Radio Show on CKUT 90.3 FM. Uh, this is the Free Them All Caravan Special. The Goods was nice enough to give us an hour of their time slot so that we could talk about the caravans that are happening in Kingston, Montreal, and Vancouver. Um, and we are joined on the phone by a new person. Can you introduce yourself? Yeah, yeah, so my name is Geneviève, I work for the Laval Women's Center in Laval, and we've been uh, mobilizing uh, women for now four years regarding incarceration of women in the Leclerc Center, and also uh, for the last two years, uh, um, the we joined the mobilization of migrants in the, the detention center. So, so yeah, today I just wanted to give you like some updates about what's happening in Leclerc and maybe also in Joliette, uh, which is a federal prison here in Quebec. Mm -hmm. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, great. So, yeah, what we've, uh, we have some information. Uh, we, we gathered this information from the different members of the CASISC, which is the Coalition of uh, Action et de Surveillance en Incarceration des Femmes au Québec. I'm sorry, I don't have any translation for this. Oh, that's okay, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, so we know that all programming, educational, therapeutic work has been cancelled in Leclerc. Concretely, this means that all women spend 24 hours, seven days a week together. Sales are pretty small and there is only one common area in the kitchen and open space for more than 20 women. As we said before, it's impossible 
to practice proper social distancing within this setting. So I heard many participants in your show saying that. Mm-hmm. Um, we also know that uh, women with intermittent sentences, meaning women who are incarcerated over the weekend, do not have to go uh, to prison Leclerc on the weekend anymore, So, which is good. Um, also, because criminal courts have been slowing down, there's less people coming in, which is also good. But we have to balance this information with some other facts that we know. We know that there's a high turnover of provincial prisons of incarcerated women, uh, like women that have short sentences, women waiting for their trials. And there's a regular problem of staff, staff per, uh, shortage, too, meaning there's a high turnover of staff at the Leclerc, which can bring uh, to more risk of contamination. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, we know that there's many issues with the Leclerc itself that we've been denouncing for years now. So there's a lack of drinkable water, poor ventilation, major issues with plumbing, unsanitary bathroom cells, difficult access to proper health before the COVID problem. And we can imagine that it's been worsened now with the COVID situation. And so having this in mind, many groups and prisoners have been making pressure. And so what are uh, the reactions of Quebec government regarding the Quebec prison so far? The question has been asked at the Prime Minister Legault in a recent press conference, and neither him or Arruda or McCann were able to uh, give us information of what about what was going on in prison in Quebec. So that was very terrible. Mm. And then... Uh, whereas the federal government has made public the number of cases in federal prison, for example, in Joliet prison, there is 50 cases, which means that 60% of prisoners have contacted the COVID-19, which is pretty alarming. And mm-hmm. um, we've been talking with, uh, um, with some really preoccupied women in Joliet, and there should be immediate action taken on this. So uh, we need to have access to the number of provincial um, women that are uh, that have COVID-19. Uh, we need to decarcerate, and we need information about testing. So, yeah, that was uh, our, the main thing I wanted to share with you today. Okay. Do you have any questions? <laughs> I, I don't. The main question I've been asking people on the outside is that there's people on the inside potentially listening to this show. If you had any messages that you wanted to pass on, you're welcome to say them. We're pretty short on time, but if you wanted to pass a message on, go for it. Yeah, yeah. Wait, wait a minute. Yeah, so I'm, uh, so in the Level Women Center, we have a phone, uh, phone line, like an urgent phone, a phone line that we, uh, organize for the COVID-19. And since we're mobilizing, uh, regarding prison issues, we'll be so happy to have ne- uh, news from you inside prison. Uh, so I can give you the phone number. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, so if you wait just one second, uh, I'll, I'll get it. Okay. And uh, I wanted to um, also say that uh, a lot of women out of the prison think about them. For those of you so just... The number is 514. Oh, okay. 514. Okay. 514 Okay. 29-09. Mm-hmm. Great. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much. Okay. Have a good day. Bye. Bye. 
For those of you just tuning in, this is a special live broadcast of the Prison Radio Show. We've taken over the goods' time slot today in order to highlight the Free Them All caravans, which are happening across the country today, in order to call for the release of everyone who's currently incarcerated in prisons in Canada, including people in migrant detention centers. Uh, The COVID-19 pandemic is especially terrifying if you're in prison. Everyone who we've talked to has talked about how impossible it is to follow the recommended sanitary guidelines when you're inside, and people inside are stressed out and starting to get really sick. Uh, That last caller was someone from the Laval Women's Center who uh, focuses on women in the Leclerc prison, which is a provincial prison that the caravan in Montreal went by on their on their trip today, although as Sam was telling us, they couldn't get very close. And she wanted to let us know about the situation there, which sounds pretty bad, and the situation in Joliet, which is a federal prison for women that is experiencing the highest number of people having COVID-19 in a federal prison in Canada. They're in Joliet, Quebec. Um, the Prison Radio Show normally airs twice a month on CKUT. We're on the air on the second Thursday of the month at 5 p.m. and the fourth Friday at 11 a.m. Our next regularly scheduled broadcast is on Friday, April 24th at 11 a.m. If you have any questions about anything that you heard on today's show, or if you want to be involved, you can contact us at prison at ckut.ca. We also have a Twitter account that you can check out. It's at Prison Radio Show. If you're in prison and you want to try and contact us, our listener comment line is currently inaccessible, and our mailing box is not super accessible, but you could try it. Our mailing address is uh, Prison Radio Show, care of CKUT, 3647 University Street, Montreal, Quebec, and the postal code is h 3 a 2B3. Thank you so much for tuning in to this special broadcast of the Prison Radio Show on CKUT 90.3 FM. I'm Virginia, and I've been your host for today. Stay tuned, you're going to get a full hour of music next. (laughs) 